He couldn't believe it when he got the email. Whoever gets, who gets fired via email? Ethan had been working for this tech company for the last uh, 12 or so years, the last five of it remotely. And so he had the opportunity to actually live in the community that he wanted to live in. Everything was working well until, of course, it wasn't. And then the email, blah, 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 economic downturn, downsizing, we're very sorry, blah, 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 probably written by chat GDP. And, and then that was it. A six-figure salary gone. So he and his girlfriend, they, they, they'd been, uh, they moved into an apartment together, a nice one, one of the nice ones off the river. Uh, just in the last couple of years, they had started to make some plans. They were thinking about a big wedding one day, you know, one of the ones, like the ones you see on Instagram where everything is perfect, the destination wedding, the whole thing. He had all, they had all these dreams. And they... With one email, one, not even, not even a thank you for your service, not even a phone call, not even a video chat, an, an email, an email. Yet strangely, that was not the worst part of his day. He goes back home, goes back to his apartment. And uh, he's just so distraught. He doesn't know what, what's going to happen next. He's thinking about all the possibilities. I mean, they're hiring in retail, yes, but that's way less income. They're, they're hiring in the service sector, yes, but that's way less income. Maybe he shouldn't have been quite as honest as he was. He just poured out his guts to his, to his girlfriend. How he was worried they wouldn't be able to afford the apartment anymore. So maybe they should start looking at places that weren't quite as expensive. Maybe not quite as nice. And, and may, maybe, maybe she could pick up a few extra shifts. And, and maybe he'll, 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 start, he'll, start, he'll apply at Home Depot. He, he started, to fe- started to work on the plan. And he was just being honest. And, and maybe we should put off the wedding plans a little bit. Because we're just not going to be able to do what we had in mind. And he... And it was a total shock for him when she left. He realized he, he's, he just didn't have life. Life was not going in the way that he had planned. And he just didn't know what to do. Over the next hours and days, he uh, just tried to process it, spend a little more time watching television than normal, um, just as a distraction from all the stuff, the bees in his head. And as he was watching TV, he saw this, this, this news story about students in Kentucky and there was this revival that was happening at a university there. And then, then he, he, saw, he saw this ad about how uh, he, he gets us. And he started to think a thought that he hadn't thought before. Or at least not in a long time. Not in a very long time. I wonder... I wonder if I just need faith. God. So, of course, he got on Google and started to type, you know, churches near me. And he, 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 he one, and one came up and it, 
that, that looked nice, nice building, had a nice slogan, and uh, thought, well, I guess I'll give it a try. So the Sunday morning comes. He drives into the parking lot, and he's a few minutes early because, you know, who knows? Are you like, I mean, is it like the movie where you can just come in at the last second? Like, we don't know. He's never done this. So he drives in. He finds a parking spot, and then he, he, he makes his way up to, the, up to the front doors, and there's some people at the front doors that are g- greeting people. And so he, he, he walks up, and... And, they, and somebody extends a hand and says, it's good to see you, good morning, and then immediately just starts looking over his shoulder at the next person, good morning, it's good to see you, and then the next person over their shoulder, good morning, it's good to see you, and he thinks, okay, all right. They hand him a little leaflet, and he makes his way into the big room, is it, uh, sometimes it's called a worship center, or an auditorium, or is it a sanctuary? I, it's just a big room. And he makes his way into there, and, and there's some stuff on a screen, and there's some music playing, and he sits down, and he, and he reads through the little leaflet, because he doesn't really have anything to do. And he's just looking at it, and reading through it. And, and, and about a minute later, um, as he's just sitting there, um, somebody comes up and, and, and extends, his, extends a hand to him and, and says, uh, says, hi, it's good to, good to see you. And, and he, you know, he goes back and, hi, hi. And, and then, then the, the, the gentleman that's talking to him says, um, it's a little awkward for me to ask you this, but um, the rest of my, I have, I have, uh, my, my grandkids are here this weekend, and this is normally where we sit. Uh, and so could... could um, and there's six of us. We'd all like to sit together. So could we maybe have this row? Would you mind finding another spot? And he goes, oh, okay. He noticed that no one's asked him his name at this point. So he finds another spot. And then he sits down. He's kind of looking around because he doesn't know. Is anybody else going to ask me to move? I don't, I mean, it's a new first time. I mean, you don't really know. Like, is it, like, the seats in the movie theater, are they assigned? Or, like, the, you know, when he goes to the hockey game, are they assigned seating? Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. And he didn't see anything on the book, on the little leaflet about assigned seats. He didn't know. He's just there, and, and then, you know, they, 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 the service starts, and the music is, they, they start some music, and, you know, and, and the musicians are, like, really serious. They're just doing their thing, and, and he says, oh, okay, I guess they're really serious about their music. It was all right. It was okay. And, and then, there's, then there's, all, there's some regular stuff. And then, and, then, and then the pastor gets up and starts talking. And, and he's talking about there's, a, there's some meeting coming up, an annual meeting. And there's going to be some budget adjustments and some bylaws. And he outlines all the stuff. And, and then... And then talks about how isn't it great to be part of a church family and 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 then they leads a prayer and there's a song and then everybody leaves so ethan just as everybody else is walking out ethan just he makes his way out and as he's in this car he just sits down and goes well thinks to himself well Gave it a try. <laughs> and he starts Googling wilderness experiences to see if there's one that he can afford. Because 
All he knows is he needs something. And apparently this isn't where to find it. Now, I told this story um, because the, the issue, as we're finishing off our series, and I believe in the church again, it's, it's a series about some things that sometimes go wrong in the local church and what we can do to make them right. And where I wanted to conclude the series with, is with something that all of us have experienced at some point in our life. And the first time you attend the church, it is, the, it is right at the top of the list of things you're aware of. And the hundredth time you attend the same church, it's somewhere, in most cases, right near the bottom. And that's, is this church, does this church have just an inward focus? Is this a church that only cares about each other? Or is this a church that actually and honestly cares for people who aren't yet part of the church yet? And... Like I said, if it's, if it's your first time to a church, these, these are the issues that, you, that are top of the list. You notice them just plain as the paint on the wall. And after you've been in a church for some time, uh, we get desensitized to it. In churches, all churches, even great churches, there's a, there's a, a tendency for those churches, all of them, all of us, to get inwardly focused. And of course, there's some great reasons for that because, you know, you get to be a part of a church, especially if you'd like, you find a connection group. A lot of you have found your connection group. You already know your posse. I mean, so you've got friends. So the moment you come through the doors of the church, you see friends. And you're like, I want to talk to my friends. And it's fantastic. And so we start talking to our friends. And there's a lot of catching up to do. And we care for one another because, honestly, there's a lot of needs out there. A lot of needs just amongst our friends. And we want to be really great friends to one another. Honestly, there's also a lot of things to do in church. <laughs> and so, you, you know, you find yourself on a serve team somewhere. I hope you do. It's really great. <laughs> But then there's also sort of a list. There's things you got to do. And, th and so there's a lot of needs in a local church to make a local church go. And the truth is also, I, I think you feel free to disagree with me on this one because um, I, I kind of hope I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. I think we're also really tired. Like the last three years, just societally, have been super, super hard. And for a lot of us, all, we, just, we just was like, when does the break come? When do I get a breather, like a real breather? And, and we're just low, running on lower than normal energy reserves. And so most people, even just great service-minded people, just are, got a little less to give. Societally, we're seeing it, there's less volunteering, there's less hospitality. People are having people over for dinner less. They're serving in the community less. Nonprofits, all, all those kinds of things. We're all just tired. So 
I thought it would be good to conclude the series with uh, a couple of passages, one that's super familiar, but, but it contains something that you might not have noticed, or at least may not have noticed in a while. And then another one that, that gives even a little more, uh, that's a little less well-known, but it just really gives us some great like, advice on what to do when we find ourselves in some of those places. Whether that's just individually, I mean, we're just tired, or corporately, to, to guard against that just inward orientation, that like tractor beam that just, that just sucks in at every organization. Even though, ironically, the church is the one organization in the world who, whose primary mission is not for itself. The one organization on the planet whose primary purpose is not for itself. In Matthew chapter 28, super familiar passage. Let's just go there for a minute. So, so Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. And then we get to verse 19. Very familiar words. Therefore, he says what? Go and make disciples. Go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Everyone. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And, and this idea is linked. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So go, and as you go, I want you to know I'm going with you. Now, I don't think that God abandons us when we find ourselves lax in the mission. I mean, his, his love for us is unconditional. He is there even when we're not doing a great job on the mission that he's given us. But this much I do know, this much I do know, is that we experience Jesus the most as we share him with others. We experience Jesus the most as we're on mission. We experience Jesus the most as we see people who didn't yet know, who hadn't known Christ, when you see the lights turn on. We see the hope light up. We see people get a sense of purpose and peace and Identity. It refreshes our faith. And it reminds us that Jesus has been there with us all along. That's why Paul would write to the church in, in Colossae. It was a church that's predominantly Gentile and they've kind of gotten themselves stuck in this kind of spiritual one-upsmanship you know, they're, they're really into doing spiritual stuff. And, and so Paul is reminding them, even though it's a church he hasn't yet visited, he's hoping to visit. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 4. That sometimes the most spiritual stuff we do is actually pretty just practical, like, like love each other. Or in this passage, Philippians chapter 4, we're just going to read verses 5 and 6. So Paul writes this to the, to the church in Colossae. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. 
Let your conversation always be full of, what's that word? Grace. Always full of grace. Seasoned with salt. Tasty. So that you will know how to answer everyone. Let your conversation always be full of grace. Making the most, so it's making the most of every opportunity. Conversations that are full of grace. Seasoned with salt. So that we know how to answer everyone. Especially in the way that we treat outsiders. Or you hear what Paul's talking about, and you've probably already figured this out. People that don't yet know Jesus. They're not yet part. Officially part. They haven't crossed the line of faith to join the family of God. They don't yet know. Think of all the ways that, and all the reasons why people don't yet know about Jesus. Some cases it's just, it's sheer ignorance. And I mean that in the nicest of ways. That's why we send families like the Robinsons to countries so that people who have never even met a Christian have a chance to meet one. Because until you've met one, how are you going to know about Jesus? Now, Thankfully, as, as, I mean, they're serving in the Muslim world. We're hearing incredible stories of God moving in power in the Muslim world and God doing amazing things through dreams. And like, I mean, God is on the move in the Middle East. A um, little side note, the, over the last few years, the, the, fast, the place the church, like the Christian church has been growing fastest, ironically, is Iran. Isn't that wild? God is on the move. So we're so grateful that we get to partner with families like the Robinsons so that people can actually meet Christians, so they can actually have an opportunity, even if it takes a while, even if it's not right away just bursting with, with numbers, but they actually have a chance to hear the gospel from someone who has received it and someone who's living it. So here, here's just a few thoughts about what it means to, to be, live lives that are full of grace. Three, little, three, three thoughts to, to leave with you today. You know, sometimes when we've walked with Jesus for a long time, we, we kind of take for granted how good it is to know him. Now that's true really for every relationship you're in. Like what, what's that, that, that saying or that even the, the 80s uh, hair metal song, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Some of you are ready to sing that along. Sing along with me on that. But, I mean, but you, you don't really realize or appreciate how good you've got it until your spouse dies or is incapacitated. Or the, the, you know, the, even the family member that you find that you might have a tough time relating to. If they're taken before their time, if they die before their time. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. We can take Jesus for granted. And, and when we do that, unfortunately, it means that we also lose some empathy for those who right now are seeking Jesus. We, we just, we just, it's hard to remember what it's like to not live with hope. So the first thought, just a little thought experiment. I want you to go on with me. Just imagine with, would you for a moment, what your life would be like 
if you didn't know Jesus? For those of you who are are Christ followers, can you imagine for a moment what your life would be like? Where would you find peace? Where would you look for hope? Where have you looked for hope? Where have you looked for purpose? Of course, you'd fall for some of the cultural lies that are around us that tells us that your identity, for example, is, is found in your activity or your socioeconomic status or maybe your national or ethnic origins. Your core identity is that. Because you don't know. You don't, you don't know that. You don't know what it's like to be a child of God first and foremost. To be beloved by by Christ, first and foremost. It, it, it's not so much a, a wonder to me that our society is, is going so crazy. It's, it, it's a wonder at times to me that it hasn't gone more crazy already. Imagine what your life would be like if you didn't know Jesus. Where would you turn for comfort, for peace, for purpose? Where would you go? What would you try? Sometimes remembering that, remembering what our lives were like, or if you've been walking with Jesus for so long, you can't, you can't hardly remember, or you, maybe, you, maybe you've walked with the Lord since childhood. And, and God has spared you so much pain because you've always sort of known. Sometimes it's good just to remember that. Like, remember what that, or, or imagine what that could be like. It gives us empathy for the people around us and the world around us. Second thought. Sometimes we forget what it's like to uh, come to church for the first time. <laughs> one of the things that I would hope for every one of us is that at least once a year, hopefully multiple times, one is that you would actually you would visit another congregation and just worship there. Because I promise you, if you go there for the first time, you're going to notice things. You're going to notice all sorts of things. <laughs> things that hopefully as, as you come back and, and serve here you'll help us to notice as well the, the other thing I, I, I hope that you'll do I hope you have the privilege of at least once a year hopefully multiple times a year is that, is that a good friend like a close friend maybe like somebody from work or a family member that isn't yet a Christian that would they would come to church with you? Because I promise, that Sunday, it's going to feel different for you. You're going to notice stuff you don't normally notice. You'll, you'll, be, you'll, like, you'll be praying for things you don't normally pray for. Like, you'll be praying for the greeting team. I promise you, you'll be praying for the greeting team. You'll be praying for the snack table, Right? Like, oh God, let this be a day with good stuff. John Brandt brownies, come on, Jesus. Now, that's, an in, that's insider language, by the way, and, and, and I apologize for that, but you'll notice that too. 
You'll notice that too. You'll, you'll pray for the band when you're know, like, okay, in tune and enthusiastic. Can they do it? Lord, bless them. Like that's what you'll be looking for, right? Because you, because you want their experience to be good. And you'll pray for me in another way too. Or whoever is preaching that day. Lord, please let them share the hope of Jesus in a way that is clear and winsome. Please, please, Jesus, don't let them say anything stupid. Please, Jesus. Those are good prayers, by the way. Really good ones. And I need every one of them, okay? But you'll be praying those prayers on that day because you realize in that moment what's at stake. So I hope you'll have that experience one or more times a year just so that this, this, so we, st we get tuned again. We get our hearts tuned again to what it feels like to be quote unquote the outsider. Because either in that moment you are feeling a little bit like the outsider or somebody you deeply love in that moment is. So I hope you'll have that kind of an experience. And I hope it will help all of us to be more tuned to be full of grace and making the most of every opportunity. Third and final thought I want to leave with you before we start to try to apply it, okay? Is, I mean, one of the liabilities of being in, in, in church life for a long time is, you know, you know we, we get involved in all the stuff. And, it's, and for, it's really, it's good stuff. Like connection groups, good stuff. Serving on serve teams, it's good stuff. And some of you are serving in many, many different ways. But there's also a liability in there too. Is that we can be so busy working for the Lord that we neglect to just enjoy the Lord. It's like we're trying to give something. Like we're, 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 you're, we're active, but we're running on empty. And uh, I realize as I'm saying this, like I'll point a finger and there's three fingers pointing back at me. Like the, this is the liability of ministry, right? So wh whether you're just a very active volunteer in the church or you actually get paid to do this stuff, like, you, like you're part of this, like the, you, you get to be a part of something that is so amazing, so life-changing, God's plan a for impacting and changing the world. I mean, the local church is God's plan A for changing the world. And you can be in the midst of all this stuff and even all this life transformation and miss it. Because we're so busy working for the Lord, that it's harder to just enjoy him. One of the, the most exciting news stories I've seen in the last little bit, and, and Mark alluded to this in his prayers, is 
February 8th, there was a chapel service at Asbury University. And uh, the, the, the guy who was speaking on that chapel service, his name is Zach Meerkribs. And no, you've never heard of him. Most people haven't. He's just, he, he was just part of the chapel speaker rotation. Okay? He's an associate, assistant coach at Asbury. He works for the Nazarene, oh, a Nazarene mission of some sort. And he was just speaking that day. Um, but what he was speaking on was this idea of what it means to be, in, to be encountering the love of God. And one of the, one of the lines he said is, is, that, is that you can't really love until you find love in Jesus. It's a good line. It's true. It's like you can't give what you haven't received. And uh, there's a, there's an, I read an article this past week that after, you know, after he finished delivering the message, uh, you know, he sent a text to his wife. Well, that was a clunker. You know, like, it's just, like, it was just, you know, just a regular old thing. And, and yeah, so, you know, sometimes, sometimes preachers don't actually feel good about their message. They're just like, all right, I did it, showed up, did my best. <laughs> now I go home, and you know, what's for lunch? Like, that's all you get, right? And, and so, and so he, he, he left, but a few students stayed. And they started to pray. And they started to worship. And it, God showed up. And I'm sure, maybe, who has seen some of the articles on this? Like news on this? Mini hands? If you haven't, look it up, okay? You'll be so encouraged. I mean, a couple days ago, they, they had to functionally shut down the worship service after, what was it, like two and a half weeks of continuous worship pretty much in this chapel because, because this tiny little town in Kentucky had been so overrun with people, not only from around the country, but around the world. Like 50,000 visitors show up into a town of 6,000. Student-led. I mean, so they had the wisdom of not bringing in celebrity speakers and celebrity musicians. They just let it be student-led the entire time, spirit-led the entire time. And, and honestly, time is going to tell whether this is like the next great awakening. Oh, Lord, please let it be. Or whether this was just a really great encounter. We're, we're, time will tell. Time will tell. Um, but the idea I just, that I, I'm just drawn to in, in this, the story of that revival, and I would just encourage you with today, you know, this core idea, you, you, can't, you can't give what you haven't received. And so it is my prayer that, that Columbia Grove, we would continue in our mission in being an outwardly focused congregation. That, that's, that's why we're we're getting ready to, to go big with uh, a community playground, by the way. And, and I'm grateful that when I hear reports, and I, I realize many times when people are talking to me, they're not telling me the full truth. That's just part of what it means to be a pastor. Is, is, you know, and they say, how did you like church? Oh, I loved church. Like, you know, you, you, hear, you hear the good things. And, but, but I do. I, I mean, I hear stories of folks... They come and they and they who who have gone through that process of, of visiting for the first time, like just attending worship for the first time, and 
And without coercion, people will often say, you know, these folks were really, they were really kind. They were really welcoming. There is something good and healthy and loving about this place. My hope is that we will continue and, and build that character trait of being outwardly oriented, outwardly focused, that we exist to share the good news of Jesus with the community around us and with people who need to hear the good news of Jesus and experience it in an authentic community. That we can be about that. But this is not just about, come on, guys, let's just suck it up. Let's just get more on the detail. Let's make better programs. I hope we do some of those things, mind you. I hope we, I hope we care about the details. But it's, this is not about a pep rally. This is, this is not about a, hey, everybody, try harder. We can only give what we've received. So as we, as we move into ap- application and prayer, I hope that you would pray a couple of things with me today. Lord, fill me. Fill me. I don't want to miss what you're doing in my life. I don't want to forget how good you are. I want to take your love for granted. And then, Lord, as you fill me, Lord, send me. And then we could maybe make that prayer corporate. Say, Lord, fill us. Fill us. Fill us. Fill us. May we experience your goodness together. And then, Lord, send us. Lord, give us a heart for those who don't yet know you, especially those in the Wenatchee Valley who don't yet know you. Give us a heart for the person who's coming to church for the first time because every person has a story. And even though my Ethan story was made up, you, you know Ethan's, don't you? People generally start to explore faith when they're, in, when they're in a time of crisis or a time of transition. And God so frequently gives us that gift of, of a chance with someone that's coming to church for the first time and they're in a time of crisis or they're in a time of transition and so they're starting to think new thoughts. So Lord, fill us. Lord, send us. And Lord, help us. Help us right here. Our little tiny piece of your kingdom. One tiny little flower in your great big garden, Lord. But let this, let this one, let this one bloom healthy. Lord, help us to be a local church. Help us to be a local church worth believing in.